Fired up footballers, James here with you. What's going on, everybody? Coming at you after a 2-1 loss at home at Soldier Field to the New England Revolution. Chicago Fire fall 2-1. Uh, so interesting lineup there. I believe Collier was starting up top. But uh, we'll break right into the news. Uh, but if you could take a moment and smash that like button, subscribe, hit the bell icon if you want to get alerts for our live streams. Uh, definitely hit the bell icon to do that. So YouTube's a little funny. Uh, make sure you're subscribed uh, for Spitting Fire. Hit that like button. It helps. It helps fan the flames. It helps other people discover us and and helps spread the fire and, and the love and the enjoyment for that. Also, if you take note of the screen here, all the all the video people, uh, we have a Fire for Food challenge that we're currently running here with Section Eight and Tyrus. Well, unapproved from Section Eight, but with Tyrus, basically a, a little push a campaign. To hit 100%, I think we may have smashed it, uh, but we might not have. Uh, there might have been some weird accounting error on the website um, that might have taken a, what, a donation and counted it as like triple or quadruple, but it didn't charge that person quadruple, just showed it up that way. But anyway, if you want to ask a question of Tyrus, come uh, next podcast, which will be on 9-12 Saturday night after the uh, next Chicago Fire game. If you want to ask him a live, uh, if you want to ask him a question, send me proof of uh, of a donation and your question, live chat question, and I will read it on the air and ask Tyrus. You know, make be wise. You know, make it a good question. Don't make me, you know, have to like uh, throw it out because you know if it's garbage question, you know, kind of you you know what I mean. I, if I can't, if it's something inappropriate, I can't ask. I'm not going to. And also, if I ask Tyrus anything, he also can invoke the fifth on anything. But he will absolutely try to be as uh, he or she will be as honest and forthcoming as possible about a lot of stuff. They had some uh, some very interesting things they were mentioning to me uh, over, over the uh, on the background channels. So very fun podcast set up in store for uh, Saturday night twelve post pod. It'll be a post pod game, uh, post post game with uh, Ren and Red. So be sure to check that out. So fire for food. We have the links in the description for that. Greatly appreciate you. To, you know, one dollar uh, creates three meals uh, for people. That is for our for our Chicago community. That to me is just incredible. One dollar. Wow, three meals. I'm I'm making for some. I'm, that's my little sell there. I mean, every dollar counts, and it goes a long way. Just, uh, just think about it. Anyway, hope you had a happy Labor Day. Hope, uh, hope everything was going good for you. Uh, sun, sh rain, shine, what have you, whatever you guys were up to. Uh, so, smash that like button. Greatly appreciate that. That just lets us know that our works that we're doing good work here. But anyway, let's break into the game here. We got Patrick McCraney tweeting out on Hot Time in Old Town that you know Chicago Fire dominate possession, fall to New England Revolution two to one after a defensive lapse and a freak goal. I'll uh, dig into uh, this article real quick. An early defensive lapse, more trouble finishing scoring chances, and a freak cross that ended up in the back of the net all spoiled Chicago Fire's night at Soldier Field Sunday night. I'm going to turn this down just a little bit. Hopefully that's not too annoying for everybody. Uh, and a free cross that ended up in the back of the net all spoiled Chicago Fire's night at Soldier Field Sunday night against the New England Revolution. The Chicago Fire lost the match 2-1, dropping three valuable points at home. The Fire got off to a disastrous start when Teal Bunbury nutmegged Bobby Shuttleworth for the opening goal of the match in the third minute, often assist by Tommy McNamara. Francisco Calvo botched a clearance that led to the goal. Calvo again. That one nothing goal is one that we should not uh, concede, Fire head coach Rafa Wicke said after the match. That first ball, Francisco has to clear. And then, nothing happens there. He's absolutely right. Uh, the fire responded well after the goal, putting several chances on target before Fabian Herbers, Fabian Herbers equalized, uh, scored the equalizer in the 22nd minute. 
I thought it was positive how we responded, Herbert said after the match. You get an early goal and you come back, that shows courage from the team. That we're motivated, that we want to win these games, that we have the quality to do that. Well, they ultimately did not win the game, though. Uh, New England took the uh, lead early in the second half with a Bunbury cross floated long and went to the top corner of the net. Bobby Shuttleworth just couldn't get to it and the Revs went up 2-1. to one. Just concede a goal like that from Teal Bunbury, where he meant to cross the ball and ends up in the back of the net? Yeah, unexplainable at this point, Herbert said. To concede a goal like that, it's it's always a little hard. To, it's a little hard to come back. You know, one of those freak goals. Chicago stated that the match with designated player striker Robert Barrich on the, uh, started the match with Ro D DP and striker Robert Barrich on the map and Elliot Collier in his place. I have some interesting. Uh, I have an interesting tidbit on Elliot Collier later in the podcast, so st make sure you stay tuned for that. Um, I cannot believe what I read, and it, it, that's, it's, it's exciting. Wiki said that it was a matter of squad rotation, especially with Barrett still nursing stitches in his head from the previous match. For Collier, who spent last season on loan at Memphis 901 in the, in the USL, it was a chance to show what he can do. First start in a couple of years in the MLS, Collier said after the match. That's a great feeling. I've been working really hard to make that happen. But it, in the end, we didn't get the results, so it's just back to work. Despite the loss, Chicago dominated possession, controlling the ball more than 62% of the match. The fire outshot the Revs, 17-9, putting six shocks on target to the New England's three. Gaston Jimenez was particularly strong, taking 96 touches and completing 76 passes with a 92% completion percentage. In the end, it wasn't enough for Chicago, and the fire dropped three points at home in a winnable game. We pushed, we pushed, we pushed, Wiki said. We had our little moments, but we couldn't find a solution to actually score. Look, I'm sitting here again, and I have to say the same thing. If we wouldn't create, if we wouldn't have a plan, if I didn't see the guys actually trying and actually playing well, I would too doubt. I would also have my doubts. I would also have to question things. But that's not the case in my eyes. Uh, so I will have to say the same thing over. We are, we have to keep working and believing in what we do. So in his eyes, he sees some things working. Of course, you know, he wants to keep his job. So he's got to, you know, kind of sell that, that his visions, he sees his vision coming into fruition on the field uh, is what he claims here. And hopefully, you know, we do. With, the, with that loss, though, the fire fall to 2-6-2 two, and two on the season. Good for next to last in the MLS Eastern Conference. Next up, the fire hosts the uh, first place Columbus crew at Soldier Field on Saturday, September 12th. We'll have the post game with that with Tyrus Rose, hopefully. And uh, you'll be able to answer and get uh, all the Chicago Fire Insider questions answered here uh, on that day. Uh, that The time of the match recently changed. It's, moved in, it's been moved up to 2.30 p.m. Central and will be televised nationally on Univision and TUDN. I wonder if it will remain on ESPN and um, WGN. I'll have to double check that and I can check that right now for you, folks. Uh, it has been taken off of WGN and ESPN Plus, it looks like. It looks like it's only available in Univision and TUDN. Um, and it's also going to be available via the Twitter live stream, it seems. So if you do not have cable TV or anything, you should be able to watch it via the Twitter uh, stream. So that should be good. 2.30 p.m. next Saturday, tw uh, September 12th, against that yellow team, uh, Columbus Crew, 105.1 uh, FM on Radio 2. So recently I was looking at the rule changes. Uh, MLS uh, will have the – and uh, just to figure out how many matches the teams are actually playing this year. So the Chicago Fire have played 10 matches total out of 23. So there are 13 matches left for the Chicago Fire. Uh, 13 matches to make at least the top 10 of uh, the Eastern Conference. They currently, they're currently languishing in 13th place. They have a negative 7 goal differential. They have 8 points, and they're 2 points behind 
10th place DC United. Uh, they have Nashville, FC Cincinnati in front of them, uh, also vying for that last spot of the playoffs, the 10 seed uh, in the Eastern Conference. 10 seeds this year for the co- for COVID, basically. So, well, let's get back into the news here. Uh, great article there by Patrick McCraney. Thank you very much uh, for, uh, even though I didn't ask to read it, but thank you very much for letting us read it regardless, Patrick. Hopefully we'll get you on the show here very soon. 17 shots. Uh, for the Chicago Fire, six on goal, um, and that's pretty good. Seventeen shots, six on goal, sixty-two percent possession. They dominated percent. They dominated possession. Meanwhile, New England with nine shots, three on goal, two of them go in. Well, no, one of them goes in because one with the other one was a cross, and they had thirty-seven percent possession. They still managed to win the game. But there you go. Uh, I got some awesome quotes here from Jerry McCoola, another great follow at Jerry McCoola. On Twitter, uh, the Chicago Fire created their line shares of uh, the possession and at times looked more likely to walk out Soldier Field with a victory Sunday uh, night, but it just wasn't their night as they lost 2-1. to one. His article is available on chicagotribune.com. I don't think I can read that for copyright purposes on here, but I have a quote here that I can. Here's Rafa Wiki after the Chicago Fire loss. Um, I'm sitting here again and I have to say the same thing. If we wouldn't, I said this. Uh, that's not the case in my eyes, blah, 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 blah. So I just said that a few seconds ago anyway in McCraney's article. But anyway, great articles here, both from Jerry McPool. Smash those if, if you can. Read them, give them some clicks. That's how, you know, Chicago Tribune and everybody knows that people are paying attention to Chicago Fire and that they'll continue the coverage. That's how you guys do it. Support our Chicago Fire coverage. Uh, here's this interesting news um, about Collier that I referred to earlier. On Elliot Collier, Herbert say he might be the fastest on the team. Fights for every ball and is dangerous with runs in between and in, in behind, which he's shown all year through with his opportunities. Thought all overall that Collier had a good game. Notes that Barrich is more technical and prefers the ball at his feet, though. But that to me is some exciting news. You hear the pace of Collier, but that also makes me a little concerned about Frankowski. Uh, Frankowski was, you know, and Alaseda is supposed to have, you know, supposed to be some pace hounds, just uh, some, just some horses just, that got the speed and the and the pace to, and, and some speedsters. So, well, that remains to be seen. Why won't uh, maybe those three of the fastest players on the team? We'll ask Tyrus about that maybe on Saturday. That'd be a great question to ask. Uh, we'll dig into t- Reddit Twitter here. Uh, Reddit real quick. Post match of, of Chicago Fire versus the worst quest in MLS. <laughs> Talking about New England Revolution's crest. Should have won that game. Three or four quality headers uh, that should have made their way in. Twice players could have taken a shot, but chose to go down with minimal contact. Calvo cannot put together 90 minutes to save his life. He will play 85 minutes of good soccer and then bonehead for five minutes. If this team didn't have bad luck, it would have no luck at all. The cross shot may have cost us the game, but our offense simply wasn't clinical enough. I feel like Barrage started. Uh, we could have scored more goals, and the t- we- Barrage is two goals on twelve shots. I mean, he doesn't have that many more than uh, Elliot Collier, uh, but all the same, uh, he might be a bit more technical and, and wants the ball at his feet, as we've heard from Herb- Fabian Herbers. Uh, started w- and could have scored more goals as the team created more chances than usual tonight. I also think Alessandro should play right wing and Georgie should play cam. Frankowski hasn't turned up so far this season. Honestly, I think we are worse off with Barrich, says another commenter, Gasta. Uh, Barrich hasn't been great on the ball, but at least he can finish better than Collier. Honestly, we need CJ to come back. Barrich is not fulfilling expectations. 
I'd say Barrett finishes are about on par with Collier. He just had more time to try. I agree that CJ is the team's best option at nine. I was actually talking about that last uh, podcast. Uh, man's not good at holding up. Man's good at holding up, occupying CBs, but there is no other source of danger. No strike partner to work with. No goal dangerous winger to feed to play in because it's not Frankowski, nor is it Aliceta in the cam roll. No dynamic game breaker midfielder. That's very true. Two one dimensional. Easy for teams to take up Barrett from the equation. Who are they scared of after that? Uh, there's nothing left but the bangers from 30 yards, and those can only work so often. And then here's Tyrus Rose driving in basically all of this. Uh, another commentary, I wish Barrett wasn't a DP. That's a huge L from our front office. It might be painful season offensively. Uh, Gossa saying, Tyrus has said that Nacho and possibly Barrett could be brought down in the future. We will potentially ask him about that on Saturday. Uh, it's pretty clear that Collier is working his tail off. He's been getting stronger pretty much every game, and I've been impressed with what he has to, been able to create. At times, I think he's been a bit more support. If, if he had a bit, a bit more support, he'd have a bit more to show for it. He also got a goal called back the, when he did pop in last game as a sub. That was called back on an offsides. Uh, uh, at last, at last, uh, and let's have some perspective. Collier is making at near league minimum, and Barrett is making 15 times that and occupying a DP slot. If Collier had his green card, he'd be an incredible bargain for what we brought. Him and CJ, I would argue, are all you need. You don't need Barrett. I still think he's a good deal, even if he takes up an international slot. Uh, I'm not sure that the opposite... Oh, I mean, it's weird that he takes up an international slot. He went to college here for four years. You'd think that they'd be able to get him a green card. Um, in the city, no less. In the city of Chicago. Uh, I'm not sure what the opposite of clinical is, but whatever word that is, is the way I describe our finishing. I'm tired of us having sustained offensive pressure and that it just ends up feeling like a passing drill, bouncing all the ball in between men and... Indigo. As the players become increasingly static and we end up settling for either a really weak shot or just coughing up the ball. Can I just say that Crayola Rev's logo is just so dumb and that it is so dumb that it rules and I hope they never change. Another another person saying, I actually like it. I'm just bitter. Uh, another commenter, my biggest observation from the last five to return to play matches at the fire making some absolutely terrible passes where they shouldn't be. Up until yesterday, I was noticing a lot more in the middle of the third. And in the middle third, passes trying to break through, break, trying to thread through the opposition's defense. And uh, and then last night was just a nightmare for the back line. Yet these are not the places that easy giveaways should be happening. If you're going to lose the ball, lose it in the final third. I'm also not thrilled about the guys we have coming off the bench. Barrett aside, normally a starter, we don't have any major threats being subbed in at with 20 minutes ago. CJ's been away too. Why was CJ not av uh, available? He's still probably coming back from quarantine issues everybody um uh i believe he went to visit font eh, we won't yeah hipaa <laughs> da, da, da. rumor da, da. Uh, rumors also is up that cj's up to be traded so also in the news new york red bulls part ways with chris armez and also um what was it cj brown so cj brown and chris armez now without a home as new york red bulls have just let go of them interesting thought there i would love to, you know see them Coach Piotr Nowak and Eric Winalda. Imagine those four guys coming in and how they would just destroy everything in their path. The, the league, the team, the front office, the infrastructure. It just, it would be awesome. I think it would be awesome. That that that'd be uh, four horsemen of the Chicago Fire Apocalypse right there. That'd be awesome. And then you have Jesse March coming back in like 20, 30 years later. He's ah, and maybe a Bobby, uh, uh, a Bob Bradley appearance. Recent U.S. Copa, uh, US Open Cup record, it's bad. It's bad, 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 bad. I don't even want to get into it. Just look at this thread. Uh, it's bad. I don't want to go with it. Uh, 
whatever. But I got two awesome articles here. We got Jiggly, uh, John Carrillo III talking in MLS Multiplex, uh, awesome friend of the podcast, Chicago Fire, and Red Stars. What went wrong? Talking about their summer, about what went wrong. Reality check for the Red Stars in the fire. I was right to point out that Chicago Red Stars would struggle to find someone to take up the goal-scoring mantle for the departing Sam Kerr. Absolutely, the greatest striker, uh, female striker in the world. Uh, the, the team not only saw a lack of goals, but a lack of goal shots in general. After Orlando's withdrawal led to a schedule change for Chicago Red Stars, a theme in this summer, the Red Stars suddenly had to face some of the league's toughest teams in the league, losing to the Washington Spirit and North Carolina Courage, only picking up their four points against the Portland Thorns and Utah Royals. This didn't deter the team too much as they would grind their way on. This is uh, mainly uh, a Red Star article. No, no, it isn't. Chickley's got Chicago Fire right here too. Chicago Fire wouldn't get as close as my to my. The Chicago Fire wouldn't get as close to my predictions. Also, getting a schedule change due to withdrawing teams, Chicago Fire ended up in a rematch with the Chicago uh, with the Seattle Sounders. With a new and seemingly improved team, the Fire dismantled Seattle. But after that game, it seemed like the league finally took notice, even giving Chicago top five odds to win the entire tournament. Then. The team fell apart in the second game against San Jose, losing 2 nothing as the defense buckled. Great article, by the way, Jiggly. Uh, I, I like the way you write. However, the Fire uh, still almost guaranteed a spot in the knockout round of the tournament as long as they didn't lose by more than one goal to Vancouver, a team now using their third-string goalkeeper. <laughs> Despite sending everywhere everything they had forward and out shooting the Whitecaps, 27-4 Chicago Fire would lose focus after a long rain delay and also lose the game 2-0, eliminating them from the group stage. Going to their respective tournaments, both teams had very similar outlook. A team with someone that was something to prove that no one really knew about, and in turn, their outcomes were very similar. Here are the three, seasons, here are the three reasons why. Reason 1 for similar outcomes, Chicago Fire and Red Stars. Schedule changes. Reason 2, uh, they, they were who we thought they were. And reason three, questionable coaches. If you want to read more, I highly suggest you go hop on MLS Multiplex. It'll be one of the top two or three articles for Chicago Fire. Uh, and that'll be written by John Carrillo III, Jiggly, awesome uh, friend of the show. Another awesome uh, article on uh, MLS Multiplex was Adnan Basic. Uh, would, would like to get him on the show here. Uh, it sounded like, it, when I was reading this, I'm like, wow, it seems like he was listening to my one of my last show. I, I, at least we're channeling just so similar vibes here. It might be time to worry about when it comes to Chicago Fire and their future. Things seem to be going well for the Chicago Fire. After an offseason full of change, fans were excited to see what the future had in store. The club had a new owner and a head coach, and which complemented the move back to Soldier Field. Chicago made a number of notable transfers as well, with a completely new set of designated players ready to make an impact. Sure, they attempted. Uh, sure, the attempt to rebound was a disastrous, but at least the situation off the field was much better. The fire started with the 2020 campaign on the right foot, and the two regular season games before the coronavirus pandemic hit, they were narrowly beaten on the road uh, against the Seattle Sunners, who were the reigning MLS champions. Before getting a point away to the New England Revolution, Chicago then made a dream start in the MLS Backus tournament, beating. Uh, at Seattle in their opening game to exact some revenge. Supporters could not be happier as they thought the Fire had some genuine chance of making a deep run in the competition. However, it's all gone downhill since. Chicago have only won one out of their last six games, were knocked out of the MLS Backus tournament, which those games do count in the, in the long term of the regular season, by the way, as per the rules, uh, in the group stages, and they, missed the playoff, and they might miss the playoffs once again. They've got two matches left to save their season, but if the recent form is any indication, the Fire fans should start preparing for the worst. Chicago Fire have issues to fix that uh, fix before having consistent cons success. There's no simple solution to fix these things, as the club has a number of problems to deal with. 
The most pressing issue is at the back. Chicago have been very poor defensively this year and only have one clean sheet to their name. Captain Francisco Calvo hasn't been good enough, making too many mistakes while failing to lead the back line properly. I totally agree with that, Adnan. Vibing with you here. He's not got that much help, to be fair. His usual partner, Johan Kapelhoff, is still injured. And while the fullback pairing of Miguel Navarro, showing some promise, and Boris Sekulic, disappointing, have been inconsistent at best. Uh, those two little comments from my side. At least Mauricio P Pineda has been quality. Totally agree there. Chicago's defensive struggles are especially exposed due to the current goalkeeping crisis. Kenneth Crownholm, dreadful, was dreadful during the aforementioned MLS back his tournament, and to make things worse, he suffered an ACL injury that rules him out for the rest of the year. Uh, Bobby Shuttleworth uh, then got hurt as well, so third-string keeper Connor Sparrow had to hop in. Uh, awesome, awesome article here. Highly, uh, Maybe I'll just finish it. It's just it's so close to the end. This is an awesome article, by the way, Adnan, if you do listen. Uh, Chicago Fire aren't getting new uh, enough help from their new TPs either. Uh, Shuttle, but, well, I ended on Shuttle. Shuttleworth is back and looked good against FC Cincinnati, but it's still unclear if he's the man for his future. He did show some glimpses, but he is an MLS journeyman. The Fire aren't getting enough help from their new TPs either. Robert Barrett started strong, but always seems out of, to be out of form, failing to find the back of the net in his last six games. It does help in possession, of course, but the club brought him in to score goals, and he's not done that enough of that so far. Gaston Jimenez, meanwhile, isn't making enough of an impact. The Argentine midfielder has showed flashes of brilliance, but he's just not as consistent as Chicago would like him to be. He's also not a midfield destroyer, game breaker. He has disappeared in certain games, which shouldn't be the case with a player of his standards. Ignacio Nacho Alaceda has been in the best of the bunch, despite the fact that he didn't feature at all early on. After struggling to adapt to life in the U.S., he was, at, he was kept on the bench for the start of the season. He's made the most of his chances in the, in the team since then, but he uh, needs to keep things the good times rolling if he wants to stay in the starting lineup, or maybe get shifted out to the right, or to the left, rather. When the big names are producing, then the role players need to step up. However, that's not really happening either, as Pineda is the only one who has done much of anything. Przemyslav uh, Frankowski looks lost in the midfield, torn between tracking back and going forward as a wingback. Absolutely true there, uh, Adnan. You nailed it. Alvaro Madron is not creating enough in the midfield, with his screamer against Cincinnati being his only real highlight. CJ Sapong, unfortunately, hasn't been able to play due to various factors, and his presence has been sorely missed in the, in the attack. Lastly, there's head coach Rafa Wicke. It's obviously too early to t really judge him as manager in MLS, but there's some reason to be concerned. Most importantly, the Fire do not have a specific playstyle, despite him talking about him seeing some flashes of this 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 playstyle that he wants. They try to keep possession, but that usually just leads to sideways passes and a little going forward. Oh, they tried to keep possession, and it leads to passes going forward. They had 62% possession last game, along with 27 shots, and uh, not, not, not many great shots. Uh, if that doesn't work, then Chicago starts playing too quickly, lumping aimless long balls in behind. There's no balance and no consistency. Part of that is due to their change of formation, as the Chicago Fire coach switches from a 3-5-2 to a 4-3-3 quite frequently. Wiki's team selection also must be questioned. Fabian Herbers continues to get minutes he scored yesterday in the midfield, despite the fact that he's a natural forward, while former USMN's national team international George Mihailovic is kept on the bench time and time and time and time and time again. It's a similar story from Brant Bronica, who now has a diminished role in the team, even though he has been he was proved to be a vital player last season. All that considered, the circumstances of 2020 gives the fire some leeway. Nothing has gone to plan for anyone, so criticizing coaches and players at this time is especially tough. That doesn't mean Chicago can get away with it, though, as the, uh, even as they know things need to improve and improve quickly. If the Fire can't make the playoffs when 10 teams out of 14 in the Eastern Conference qualified, then it might be time to reassess the future once again. Fantastic uh, that article there, Adnan and Jiggly. Uh, great work there, boys. Got a little bit of a podcast shout-out here for Minivan Soccer Pod. Uh, just I want to back from 
Russell Field after the Patrick McCraney and TJ. After, Got their link in the description. Justin. We'll listen in for a few seconds. Two to one tonight. Uh, first of all, TJ, I'm on the Stevenson because I'm a okay. Southwest Suburbs guy all the way. Second all right. of all, uh, it is great to be with you despite the fact that the fire lost tonight. Yeah, um, their first their first loss at Soldier Field in quite a while, I believe. In um, looks like back to 2000, 2011 was their last loss at Soldier Field, and that was to Manchester United. So that just goes. <laughs> So there's there's a little bit of uh, of facts that we didn't yeah, need to know. Yeah, I always forget about that match in the the fire heaven. Awesome little clip there from Mini Van Dad Soccer Pass. Uh, Mini Van Dad Soccer Pass. Uh, link in the description. I got Men in Red here saying Usted, Navarro, Mira, Pineda, Boris, Jimenez, Madron, Gaetan, Akam, Nikola Jafrikowski. How many games does this team win? I would say uh, not that many with the does with the coaches that the Chicago Fire have had. It. it, it this is it's it's hodgepodge talent. All those guys play different types of games as well. I mean, we I'm not the greatest scout or, or GM or, or to put this together. It's really I, I need so much more information to be able to determine what kind of player Frankowski, what type of player he needs around him to thrive, and if that agrees with what's around Nikolic and Akam and Gaetan and Madron and him and as Boris and Pinay and so on so on so on. But anyway, a uh, great little tweet here though, Menoret. I really do enjoy it. Uh, I got another one for you from Menored. Who are the core members of this current Chicago Fire team that our Chicago Fire should build uh, the base, the future signings off of? Uh, Noah's saying that's Madron, Jimenez, and Aliceta. Um, Tyrus, no, uh, uh, Marty saying just Pineda and Aliceta. Send the rest to the moon. Josh and Norgard saying building blocks he supposes are Pineda, Gaston, Madron, and Nacho. And on the fringe, maybe Navarro, Herbers, and Georgie. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm not as down on this as others and uh, on this, and I think there's some quality throughout. However, in terms of future long-term project, I think that Pineda and Aliceta are the only firm answers. Maybe Navarro. Uh, Bobby, temporary good goalkeeper. This is some grades here by Men in Red. Bobby, temporary good goalkeeper. Navarro, good but needs to mature, not core. Pineda, core. Calvo, should leave when contract is up. Boris, good player, not core. Jimenez, Madron, core. Herbers, keeps him, keep him, but bench. Aliceta, good as tam player. Frankowski, MLS time is up. Barich needs to show some more, uh, show show some more to verify his DP stats. Collier, good off the bench for 80 minutes plus sub, maybe more if he, especially if he's the fastest guy on the team or one of the fastest guys on the team, and he's also six foot gazelle, six foot foot four gazelle. Bronico, great bench piece for hustle. Uh, Azira, veteran CDM could be trade bait. CJ trade him for a mid defense, but I'd rather start him over Barich and have him be our starting def- starting trade Barich. Uh, Georgie can't. Georgie, transfer out and buy someone useful. Uh, yeah, useful that you'll use because uh, you obviously won't use Georgie. Luca, keep him. I like him. Taron, TB determined. He's look, but he looks promising. Slonina brothers, good. Homegrown talent, keep them all. Sparrow, USL talent, buy. Cronholm, maybe a backup. Guchar, good death piece of fullback. And, and Reynolds, not going to use him. Trade him. All right, there it is. There it was. Everybody's fired down. Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll catch you guys later on Chicago Fire. Uh, make sure you tune in on Saturday, nine uh, twelve in the evening for the post game, and we'll have Tyrus on the show answering your questions. Uh, and it would greatly appreciate if you would donate to the Fire for Food Fund in order to get uh, your question for sure asked and answered on the show. Uh, you know, stipulations w- w- with withstanding. All right, everybody, thank you very much. Have a great one.